Hello. Hello. That was a bit weird. Yeah, I know. Hello. Hello. So, oh, hello, boys. This is uh, part two of Holidays in Eden. Why are you laughing, Sanya? <gasps> hello, boys. Hello, boys. Do you remember that? Where did that come from? Uh, oh, my God. This is not... I, I know where it came from. If I start explaining on the podcast... Yeah. <sighs> well, everyone's going to want to know now. It's really... It's a... No. Uh, you know you want to. I can see it in your face. Okay, I used to work for Channel 4 Teletext. I drew and wrote a, a cartoon on there called Turn of the Worm. In a Christmas episode, they had a turkey come and visit them called Terry the Turkey. And he, he every year, used to say, Hello, boys. <laughs> but he was a drawing, so the accent came from We you. did the accent, me and my friends that I worked with. Uh, you do it so much better. At the end of every at again. the end of every Christmas episode, they'd end up eating Terry the turkey. Oh no! Do it again. Hello, boys. <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm going to start. Oh, Biamches was like see, so season one. Now, now it's Hello, boys. Hello, and, boys. But, and girls. As I was saying, holidays in Eden part two. Yes. Uh, we're going to finish this episode with a post bag on your thoughts on the album as we're recording this post recording the bits where we talk about the songs i'm feeling a little bit conflicted about my ranting oh yeah uh, regarding the steamer oh dear um, but yes. we might address that when we're on the other side yeah of the album so without further ado or the discussions as since we recorded the episode the song has now become known to us we don't even call it by its name anymore it's just the steamer the now steamer. It, it is my dream that's so disrespectful it, yeah it's my dream that one day h introduces the song on stage <laughs> <laughs> the steamer. can you imagine right here we go we'll catch you on the other side Dry Land, third single from the album, got to number 34 again, like um, Cover My Eyes. So I don't know what was going on. Yes. At least they were consistent. Yeah. Um, well, what do you know about this song? What do I know? Mm-hmm. Like what it's about? Well, what I can tell you is it's not a Marillion song. Is it not? What? I mean, I was wondering if it was about someone with an avoidant attachment style. Okay. Don't you want to know about why it's not a Marillion song? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Marillion song. Oh, right. I was wondering whether it was a, a song about avoidant attachment. <laughs> Wait, hang on. What do you mean it's not a Marillion song? It's a How We Live song, H's previous band. Chris Neal, the producer, said, this is a good song. You ought to have a go at recording this. Because oh. I think they decided they needed more singles. Right. So they re-recorded it. So it's not none of it's credited to the band other than Steve Hogarth and his former collaborator Colin War. So they wrote the music as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. The the two versions aren't really that different. You've just got Rother's guitar is sort of a obviously more Rotheriness. Yeah. It? Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's also the song that resulted in H's Diaries, which have become a integral part of the Corona Diaries. What do you mean? 
because in the video he's on uh, a glacier in Iceland. It's probably their fanciest video ever. But he came home and and told his dad that oh yeah I've just been on a glacier today. Um, and his dad said you ought to write this stuff down. It doesn't happen to normal people. So uh, so yeah, that's what started him writing his diaries. Oh, that's interesting. The rest of the video is H soaking wet, staring at the camera. But that was cold and in Iceland. shivering. No, no, no. He's not. He's in a black void. But uh, I listened to a, an interview from uh, the time. It was, uh, it was on the. It was an old radio interview. I listened to it on YouTube, where <laughs> the interviewer is flirting with him. This woman. Get and out. And she says, uh, "Oh, you were being very sexy in the video." And he was like, "What?" He said, "I was trying to be intense and weird." Oh. <laughs> and and I thought, "No, you weren't." No, you weren't. You were totally being... Cause I, always, I haven't seen the video. I, I always read it. it as... I've seen the video, right? And he's doing right. this, like, you know, non-blinking, like, staring. And, like, you know, he's got his hair all wet around his shoulders. Yeah. And I always saw it as him trying to be sexy. Right. She thinks he was being sexy. I always thought he was trying to be sexy, but coming off as intense and weird. Whereas he says he was just trying to be intense and weird. But coming off as sexy... No, I don't know. I didn't. Oh, I, okay. I didn't. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay. It's okay, down. Boy. I didn't think he was sexy in it. I okay. thought he was weird. He's like he's like shivering and kind of like. <laughs> like oh, I'm doing all this. Sorry, I, I realised. <laughs> I I'm wish doing, this was a video. Yeah, I just realised we're not on camera, are we? And I was doing things. <laughs> I was doing my you were being intense and weird. Yeah, not for the first time. Uh, so yeah, so it, it was the title track of the How We Live album. Oh, I wish it was the title track of the Holidays in Eden album. It's one of two songs by How We Live that were considered for the album. The other one was You Don't Need Anyone, which they demoed because it's on the extras of the remaster. You like that as well, don't you? I don't remember. Yes, you do. You told me the other day you like it. You know me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do like it. Yeah. They played it live as well. Because they played it, it was one of the tracks that they previewed before the album came out. So they were really considering putting it on the album. Mm. I'm glad they didn't, because could you imagine if there was yet another bloody pop song on there? And not only that. Oh, people would not be happy. Yeah, yet another bouncy pop song. It it, It is bouncy, yeah. It's it's cheesy again. Yeah. It's another cheesy. They could have just built it as their pop album. Well, they did. That's it. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's not full pop, though. But you don't need anyone. No, um, the album. Oh, yeah, but you don't need anyone. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, it, they didn't record it. Wish they'd put put it on the album instead of Holidays in Eden. Yes, to be honest, but then I'd have had uh, quite happily, I don't know, 10 minutes of hearing Pete eat some crisps. And, and you've I, got misophonia. I, I don't, so... Yeah, I don't like the sound of people eating, but I'd have preferred that to Holidays in Eden. They could have called that song Holidays in Eden. <laughs> You're like, what? Crisp eating. Be honest, it's something Pink Floyd would have done in the early 70s. They had a song called what? Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast, which is pretty much just someone making breakfast. For, really? Yeah, about 20 minutes with the old bit of music. Um, I don't think Meridian have ever been quite that experimental. Their idea of experimental Yet. is drilling holes, which is just making... Oh, their idea you? No, you're going to start again. Their idea of experimental is just doing a really bad song on an otherwise great album. So, uh, Dry Land. Sorry, yeah. do you want to talk about it? I've, I've started yeah. before I ran again. So, Dry Land. I mean, my first experience was with it was strange because I listened to it when I popped out. 
<laughs> and wait, wait. <laughs> okay, start again. Let me let me let me start that bit again. Um, yeah, so my experience with dry land was quite. I remember I I was my first listen to the album. I was out one afternoon, and I came home just after I'd listened to Waiting to Happen, and I mentioned dry land to you and could not remember it. I couldn't remember if I'd liked it or not. I couldn't remember what it had sounded like because I think Holidays in Eden had kind of knocked me for six a little bit. I wasn't expecting it. And then Waiting to Happen had had quite an impact as well. So it eclipsed, both of those eclipsed dry land. For different reasons. For different reasons. Yeah. So I had to listen to it again. And then I wasn't sure I liked it. And then I listened to it again and it was like, yeah, I, I, every time I've listened to it since then, I've liked it more and more. Mm. And that, it's another one that I've put on my personal favourites playlist. Because it's, it's like, um, his voice is, I mean, it's got to be such a difficult song to sing. Yeah. It sounds like it's it's really tricky to sing. I, what I wrote down for this was Velvety. Yeah. But it's not just the voice, it, it's the music in it. It's really smooth and it's there's a richness to this song, which actually isn't, yes. isn't necessarily there in the How We Live version. Marilla's version has improved on it hugely. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it feels velvety and it just sort of glides and flows into each section really kind of quite nicely. Yeah, Sorry, I, that love sounded, I, I love I, the tune. <laughs> really quite nicely. I said it. I said that because I like it, but I don't love it. Yes. Okay. So I was wondering, I don't know how you, I wasn't sure how you felt about it because I didn't get the sense that you really loved it. I don't. Okay. It's fine. Why? Tell me why. Just, I just don't. I, sometimes I, there isn't any reason just because of, of my taste. I mean, is it that you just, you feel that it's just a bit nothing to you or? No, I like it. You... This is not, it's not. I like it more than the party, so seven out of ten. That's actually that's quite high. Maybe I'll bump the party down a six. This is six point five. Look at that! You'd give it a six point five? No way. Bubs, I'd give it way more than that. But there's there's songs that you know there's a lot of Marillion songs that are in that last three out of ten from seven, eight, nine. Well, so far with my experience of h era this is one of my favorites i absolutely love it i'm glad and i know a lot of people do and i love the words as well it's got a great guitar solo in it yeah it's and singing and singing yeah there's nothing i dislike about it Mm. that's the thing it's not i don't find it jarring it's not enough to push you into love territory and i think i think i'm starting to get a bit pop songed out by this point in the album and on top of that I don't love it as a pop song as much as I do cover my eyes and no one can. I don't find it as catchy as either of those songs mm. or as fun. It's sort of slower pace. I find which... it more interesting though, lyrically. Yeah, maybe. You're an island, but I can't leave you all out at sea. You're so violent with your silence. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, all of it's fine. Can you see what I mean? What I think it's about... Um, being in re- in a relationship with someone with an avoidant attachment style. Yes, I understand that. You're an island. I think that's quite... Won't quite you large. speak to me? I'm on dry land. Won't you help me, please? As in, yeah, you know... This person is... Give us give us a 
something here. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just very aloof. Yes. Well, we've all known people like that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So shall we move on? I should say to anyone anyone listening to this who isn't um, isn't overly familiar with Marillion, there are other pop songs in Marillion's canon, but I think lyrically things start to get more interesting after this album this is this is their pop album and the lyrics reflect that i think h as a lyricist becomes more um how should we say he pushes himself further after after this album this is the kind of most straightforward he is as a lyricist Anyway, oh, really okay. What? I mean, speaking about lyrics, if we're moving on to waiting to happen, I Which we that's are. the lyrics on there. I think are phenomenal. They're beautiful. Oh, I lo- okay. Well, let's just get it that's, out of the way it's now. Not, it, this is this is it's a Meridian classic. Here we are, finally on this album, a song that I would actually call a Meridian classic. Waiting to happen is just perfect lyrically and musically oh, okay phew i'm glad that you feel that way oh, yeah straight yeah. off this song made me catch my breath and be completely captured by it mm. it was it's sublime at one of the marillion weekends um when it started up h broke down because the the, the audience was singing, you know the lovely acoustic guitar yeah at the beginning and the audience was singing it back at him and he just is captured on one of the dvds and he's just overwhelmed by it, and it's uh, and he's got tears running down his face. So it's making me emotional remembering it. But I, this is a why I love this song so much is the emotion is captured in it. Mm. I believe this. This is yeah that thing when H talks about needing to feel lyrics in order to sing them. This really does that. Yeah, you can, I can, I, as a listener, can feel what he's feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we're in, we're in similar territory to kind of No One Can and Cover My Eyes to a degree. It's still a love yeah. song. Yes. But I agree with you. But what a love song. I the, mean, we took ourselves apart. We talked about our faces. You said you didn't like yours. I said I disagree. I keep the pieces separate. I clutch them in my coat. A jigsaw of an angel I can do when I feel low. I love no, that. Me too. I just, oh, I love when he says, we can talk without talking from inside to inside. I've, I have waited to feel this for the whole of my life. Oh, you get, oh, you get that emotional. Just, that melts my heart. Yeah. Yeah, that it's, really melts my heart. It's a really true, pure love song. Even even the beginning, I spent so much of my life in the spiritual third world, but you came and brought the rain here. Mm. The spiritual third world. I mean, wow. Yep, this is uh, an example of of him at his best lyrically. Absolutely, and, and what he just he gets just gets better and better. Yeah, for me. and vocally as well, because it's like. Um, I wrote that when he hit certain notes, his voice sounded crystalline to me. Yeah. It was like, it was like a Swarovski crystal in voice form. But when he hits that, that final line, I've waited to feel this for the whole of my life, the way it's almost, you know, how does he sing that? I don't know. How does he, yeah. How does he sing anything? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful wedding song as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
and the the lovely keyboard bit that 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 goes through the when it, the song drops down and it's quiet again after the first um after the first chorus with the uh, we took ourselves apart it's got this lovely little keyboard line that that tinkles through it what a song it's uh this is yeah it's my number one on the whole album yeah mine too i absolutely love it yeah mine too um and it, I, s- I sent the lyrics to my daughter who's studying creative writing because you said you love yeah so i was just like oh you've got to read this and listen and sent the song as well mm. to listen to because it's just it's exceptional it, it it's also the one song on this album without getting into spoilers for the last song or trilogy of songs. Uh, it's, it's the song on this album that I would find a place for in a Meridian playlist. Yeah. Oh what? yeah. That, this has been added to my own personal favorite songs of all time. Mm. Well, not of all time. Personal favorite songs playlist. Yeah. It's up there with, with some of their best. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. I'm actually genuinely getting emotional talking about it. I got emotional it's... listening to it earlier and then I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm. Like, why are you getting emotional now? It's a beautiful love song. Yeah. Uh, should we move on though? Oh, do well we have done. to? Can we just stay here? I don't want to move on. I know why you don't I don't want, want to. Let me stay here. Well, if you remember this town, there existed a version of it, which... You can find on the Stoke Road to Ipanema video that I loved. It had, it was a rocky song, but it had a a kind of energy to it. I'll just say it now, that the album version doesn't. When I listened to the album version, the song I've been most looking forward to was This Town. And I got, yeah, I got the album version and I was, you no idea how disappointed I was. And the way this town finishes on the Stoke Road to Ipanema version, there's a, a lovely vocal melody where H is singing along with the music that is just absent from this. The music's there um, that has become the middle section, um, the, <clears throat> the rake's progress. Mm. But that vocal melody is gone. And it, it, it's sort of dropped down into this slightly sort of dour... <sighs> bit of music was when I heard the original version of it, it it was real kind of hairs on the back of my neck kind of this is Marillion at their best mm. it was unfinished I need to hear this you do you, we, we got the DVD yeah, didn't I we it. we I, haven't watched it yet yeah. um, I'll play it to you uh, I've probably bigged it up too much. It's probably yeah. Up. You've really well saying that this was the song you were looking forward to. On the, well, this the album, the album version. The album version is you faster. You have bigged it up a yeah. lot. The album version is faster. More, it's 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 up tempo. More up tempo. It it's kind of rockier. I mean, we'll deal with. We might as well deal with this down with the Rake's progress and hundred nights as one song. Are we going to deal with it? I as think one? we should st- deal okay. with it. Okay. In the way that there's the Walmart Circles trilogy, this is the this down trilogy. Right. Anyway, and. I just, I I was so disappointed and I've never got over that disappointment of how they ruined something brilliant. And What happened? Do I don't know if it's the production or into... they just went in a different direction. I, I really don't know. It, 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 certainly it, it's lost the the edge that there was on that early version that I heard. That's gone completely. And, and so it's it's got that pop sheen to it, mm. which has taken away a lot of its character. And so what yeah. you're left with is a song 
that first part. What yeah. you're left with is is instead Marillion doing that thing that I don't like it that Marillion do a trad rock song, right? Which then goes into into something a bit proggier. Yeah, yeah. Because I have to qualify. I don't like the first part, the this town part. Mm. I do like the Rake's progress, and I do like Hundred Nights. I like I don't love Hundred Nights. I mean, the Rake's progress is like what two minutes long, if not even. So it's a bit hard to rate it as anything, but um, I, I like it. And and a hundred nights is nice enough. The music is gorgeous. I think it sounds like classic Marillion, at least the start of it. But the first, the this town part, the first part, I really dislike it. Mm. Really dislike it. Yeah, me too. And when they played it live, it is it's like a great fifteen minutes of a song really that I don't like I don't mind the ending I like yeah. the I like it when it's repeating the this town bit as H says oh yeah that's nice actually that's really nice the outro he yeah. says he imagined it I love was, the um, outro because it's a song about um two people from a small town where they grew up moving to the city and that city changing them and seducing them away from who they are mm-hmm. once again uh, <laughs> it's a similar theme <laughs> back uh, to that theme but he, um, but he says he imagined the that the chanting of this town, but it gets the, the yeah. end of people on an escalator going up and down, all chanting it. That's what he had in his head. Oh, that's cool. Well, and I do like that bit. Yeah, I, I love. That that's was, my favorite that bit of the was, whole um, thing. But yeah, I can't hear the 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 lines in the rake's progress. The what do you do when your roots are dissolved and broken down and the soil that you grew in? These are great lyrics, by the way. Mm. The soil that you grew in when you were small had become nothing more than dirt in some dirty town. When you list all the qualities that you despise and you realise you're describing yourself, breaking someone up inside side is your only source of pride. That bit Ouch. in the... Ori- yeah, I know. It's, it's great lyrics. Oh, great lyrics. Um, but that bit in the original version that was on Stoke Road to Ipanema is haunting. And it's just, really? but it's just lost. I need to hear that. It's just lost. I need lost. to hear that original version. It's lost here. Mm. And interestingly, there's um, rather well, a quote here from him where he said, Chris, Chris Neal, the producer, uh, bought, did bring something to the band, but I think his approach was fine for the shorter songs and it wasn't needed for tracks like A Hundred Nights in This Town. If anything, I think he held them back and maybe made them a little bit too safe compared to how we would have done them. We felt they should have been a lot wilder and a little more epic. Ah. Wait, hang on. Would you have described that original version as wilder and more epic? It wasn't wilder. It had more... It had a... It just had something. That Marillion magic, which is completely absent on the album version. And so I always felt with these three songs or this trilogy, I always felt that people liked it because it was long, not because it was good. Mm. And I think it is again, a bit like when I sort of said about the party, it was something I think people were hanging on to it going, look, they're still prog. They're still prog. They're still prog. Yeah. And I never really got why people liked it. And I was always disappointed when they play it live. It's just a slog live. Yeah, I bet it is. And he's got that oh, the, the opening with the police sirens. It's oh, just, I was oh, going to mention that. God, it's that, shite. I, any song that starts with police sirens, <laughs> good luck to <laughs> it to win me over. Because straight away that spikes your adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> like that's always automatically a bad thing. <laughs> like, where are they? 
Um, no. Oh, oh my I, God. I hate yeah. it because Already, again, it, I, it, it yeah. hasn't got what that original version is. Sorry to bang on about it, and mm. everyone's now. I need be, to hear it. Now. Everyone's now going to go and be buying Stoke Road to Ipanema to hear <laughs> yeah, this amazing yeah, version. Sales of that DVD are going to go <laughs> yeah. through. Sorry, the everyone, to let you down. I was disappointed that that version of it wasn't on the remasters. Oh really? Yeah, hmm. I was gutted. I mean, okay, let me just give it one um, one compliment. Uh, in A Hundred Nights, I like the lyrics where he says, um, they say that some are born to burn and some are born to give. They say that so- that people live and learn, some people only live and live. Yeah. I like that. I, 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 oh. No, I, hang on. It's a Hogarth lyric, this whole song. And I think I think the lyrics are great. Um, you didn't notice me as I passed you on the stairs. How could you ever guess, looking at my face, how closely I share your taste, how well I know your place, even the clothes you wear, I've seen them when you're not there. Isn't that a bit The Invisible Man? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, mm. that that lyric stood out to me because um, I was just like, what? hang on, that it kind of hooked me a bit um, and I was not sure what he meant by it. No, but then there's... There's the stuff if, earlier on. But if you're talking about two kids moving from a small town to the city, it kind of makes And then you've sense. got the, but I look up at these mirrors sometimes and I can't see myself. That's Yo, again. That, wow, I know. It's all, it's. I it, know, just that, please put it to different music. Yeah, but it's it, great lyrics. Um, and, but again, the, they're dealing with theme that, that Steve Hogarth was really preoccupied with, wasn't he? He really was. And sort of, yeah. sort of remained for a long time. It must have affected him quite profoundly. So that's the end of that. I think I don't think there's much more we can say about that. No, it's, the less we say, the better. Yeah, sorry everyone who likes it. I know a lot of you do. I like, okay, well, let's just, again, I like The Rake's Progress, and I like A Hundred Nights. Let's, it's just the This Town bit. I like the end of A Hundred Nights. I don't like the beginning. Yeah, I like the end of A Hundred Nights. Yeah, I love the end of A Hundred Nights. I don't like, the I beginning don't like that. I don't, I don't like A like Hundred Nights of Fun and Games, A Thousand Empty Glasses. I hate, I, I hate it. Sorry. I've, yeah, okay. It came out. The word came out. Hey, I don't like it. I hate it. But I like the end of it. I like the end, yeah. <laughs> but I like the end enough to forget the beginning. So... <laughs> the truth came out we've got to be honest i'm sorry yeah true so you remember i said there was um certain songs that nearly got booted off the album one of them was uh cover my eyes yes well another one was waiting to happen what yeah so chris neil we've got to thank for hit, for saving the song now i didn't know this i found this out recently um, not only that the song nearly got booted, uh, but it was apparently part of a longer song. It was going to be a, a prog epic and it formed like half of that song. And But the band were, according to H, he said, we didn't feel it really stood up and were ready to put it in the bin. But Chris no Neal was way. really excited about it. Um, but we... Uh, and says so a producer can stop us from lobbing stuff out so we don't think oh will the fans like this but apparently it, yeah they um, uh, they they chopped it in half and waiting to happen was the part that, that stayed and the rest got binned wow thank you Chris Neal yeah so if it wasn't I'm, for that I'm in shock <laughs> mm. so they would have binned that and kept Holidays in Eden 
Insane, they weren't thinking it? straight at that time, it's were insane. they? What what was going on um, there? Yeah. The best song on the album. Yep. We yep. nearly didn't have it. And I think, do you know what? I think I like Waiting to Happen more than I like anything on Season's End. Yeah, me too. And I like, you know, as we established, I love I Waiting to Happen. Like, absolutely love Waiting to Happen. I think I had more favourites, more listening favourites on this album than I did on Season's End. On balance, I think I still prefer Season's End as an album. Do you? Yeah, I prefer Season's End as an album. Sorry, I mean, Season's the- End hasn't got, I know I don't like Holloway Girl. Yeah. but And I don't love Uninvited Guest, but it hasn't got a Holidays in Eden on there. Yeah, yeah. see, yeah, this Holidays in Eden was a real up and down for me because there was there were several tracks that I really didn't like. Yeah, and I don't love But this then town. so many that I super loved, so Yeah, I It's I, still I, it's still it's still a good album in my opinion. For me it's it's it, the highs are less high. Uh the the only real real high for me is waiting to happen. And unfortunately there are some absolute nadir lows. <laughs> wow, nadir lows. Yeah, That's one in particular bad. as a bottomless pit in the middle of the album so (laughs) the steamer the steamer as it (laughs) (laughs) a bottomless pit in the middle of the album yeah black holes sucking in all the other good songs in with it yeah changing people's opinions they're just hanging on dry land just hanging on with its fingertips no come on wanting to be not wanting to be sucked into the gravitational (laughs) pull of holidays Holidays in in eden Eden. i mean yeah the gravitational holidays in eden so bad that i couldn't remember what dry land sounded like yeah there you go that's what i mean by yeah you're right it's a black hole you know when a um in a in a sci-fi film when a spaceship gets depressurized and everything gets sucked out yeah Oh, dry dry land. Land. like, no, I'm a good song. Yeah. Don't take me away. Yeah. So, yeah, it is uh, it is a mixed bag as an album. But yeah, definitely. I certainly, and I certainly wouldn't give it to anyone and sort of say, oh, you, what, you're interested in hearing some Marillion? Well, here you go. Would not be my first choice. Well, it's choice. not really representative of no. modern Marillion, is it? No. But then neither is Season's End. But I think in Season's End... There's more in there that I can sort of draw a line between then and modern Meridian. Mm. It's still kind of proto age yeah. era, but Holidays in Eden, because it has got that that sheen and that polish, mm. that kind of early nineties reverby kind of crispness going on in the production that it doesn't sound like any of their other albums. Mm. It, it's very very shiny. Yeah. Shiny, but, shiny, da, 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 da. So what I'm going to do with Holidays in Eden is I've plucked out my favourites and taken them away yeah. so I can listen to them without the non-favourites getting in the way. Yes, you've made a playlist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. And yeah. So I don't have to listen to... Holidays in Eden ever again. And, and um, the trouble the is, party and the, this town. The trouble is with Holidays in Eden, it's one of those songs that you know once in a while they'll whip out at the Meridian Why? Weekends. Because it Why doesn't do get because that they, to they play the rare ones at the Meridian Weekend, so you know they're gonna play it from time to time. And some things are better left rare. Play your best songs, not just there's some songs, yeah, that you don't play because you know it's a turd. 
So, you know, don't... You know, Meridian Weekend, we've spent a lot of money to come there. We've... You know, we we want to hear Marillion at their best with a decent production. Don't waste that production on the steamer. You know, all those lasers and all those projections and stuff. And you, yeah, and you're wasting that on on six minutes of of turgid 1983 Yes style B side. There's the title track of your album. For the love of God, what were you thinking? It's like calling Fugazi Emerald Lies. Ooh. Or She Chameleon. Imagine if Fugazi had been called She oh. Chameleon. Not that I hate She Chameleon, but imagine that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. When you put it that way. If, imagine if Misplaced Child was called Espres- Espresso Bongo. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Maybe they was trying to start a trend where yeah. of um, naming your album after its worst song. Wow. So people would know. That that was the worst song, yeah. and everything else goes up from there. Wow! What? Everything else gets better from there. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Espresso Bongo, the album. Before we go, uh, I just want to talk about a collection. Yes. Which was the B-side of No One Can. We have, of course, already discussed How Can It Hurt, which is almost as bad as Holidays Oh, my God. Yeah, they, they should be put together on an album and then posted in, into space. Yes. No, they can go in that hole with all the oh, other Oh, with the songs. drilling holes. Hole. hole. Yeah, the drilling hole. <laughs> they drill their way into my brain like a like a manual you know those manual hand drill things oh, like my dad used to that's have really grim mm. so a collection b-side of no one can mm. do you like that i love it oh is good that, is that a sitar on it sitar mm. sitar how do you say it i think it's pronounced seti <laughs> sitar sitar oh oh Take a, have a seat on our sitar. Do you mean settee? Do you mean sitar? Sitar. Five, a five-seater car. <laughs> five. It's Jesus. It's got five sitars instead of wheels. Yeah. And as, as they turn, music plays. Yeah, Ravi. Sitar music. What kind of car did Ravi, Ravi Shankar, Shankar drive? A five-seater. <laughs> It's not a bad joke, actually. It's a great joke. Wow. Do you say sitar? Anyway, it's not. It's it's just it's an acoustic guitar. Is it? (laughs) That's a disappointment. That was a waste of (laughs) ten minutes of the podcast, wasn't it? (laughs) That's a disappointment as well. Anyway, I love the sound of it. Yeah, I love it. Um, It's a sweet sounding little song. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's about, Sonia? So I said to you, "Shall I look at the lyrics of the extra songs?" And you said, "No." Well, yeah, because we're certainly not going to do, deal with How Can It Hurt. The other two, the sympathy, sympathy and I Will Walk On Water, we'll deal with separately. I don't know. Is it about dementia? No. Well, not not specifically. Like someone with... It's a John Helmer lyric. Mm. I can tell you exactly what it is. Because it's, it's one of the 
best stories behind the song that, that there is. <laughs> um, John Helmer had a friend hmm. who every girlfriend he had, he took a photograph of them at, in a certain location and every girlfriend he took there in the same spot took a photo and he kept all the photos in a book. Bit creepy. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Kind of messed up, isn't it? That's, yeah. How would you feel if you found out one of your ex-girlfriends had a photo of you in a box along with all her, all of her other ex-boyfriends? Just out of curiosity. How would I feel? Yeah. I'd, I think they'd, they probably had some sort of issue, as in psychological, and that maybe they needed help, that they couldn't let go of the, anything. <laughs> of anything. They couldn't let go of anything. Relationships. And that if they yeah, couldn't move on and it was like, it's like kind of, it's like treating people as trophies, isn't it? That's it. It's like mm. you're some sort of conquest. Yeah. So. An, or object. So one of, I think it's one of Helmer's best lyrics in that respect, because it's quite simple and it isn't immediately obvious what it's about. But once no, you it know, God, it's dark. And yet it's got, it, it's. Um, the, it's it's sung over this really sweet, pretty song. Yeah, I had no idea. And if you can't run, you can't hide. Well, if you can't speak, you can't lie. If you can't run, you can't hide. And if you're dead, you can't die. That's creepy. Yeah. So no one lives inside my collection. That's really creepy. How that's, brilliantly... That's the kind of thing they make um, Netflix documentaries about. Yeah, but how brilliantly Marillion. For me... It's, Why didn't they put that on the album instead of... Yeah, they could have called the album a collection. Songs. Well, they did call their next album a singles collection. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, why not certain other songs? I'd have even taken How Can It Hurt over Holidays in Eden on wow. the album. Wow. Oh, let it go, Paul. Let it go. You'll never let it go and you know it. Yeah. So that was... Holidays in Eden, the difficult second album with H. Coming up next is a complete, abrupt, handbrake turn. I'm a little bit nervous and I'm a little bit excited about it because I have heard so much about this album. Everyone's bigged it up massively Mm. and I'm scared. Yeah, you're right to be. It's a scary album. It's got ghosts on it. We're talking about Brave, if you don't know. I think that one is going to probably go over several episodes because I also want to do an ep on the the film that they made of the album. But that album is when H Year in Marillion is formed. Is that it? That is the point at which the template is laid down and Marillion with Steve Hogarth, I think for me, know who they are. So it's almost as if Season's End and Holidays in Eden were like a prequel or a prologue. And it's interesting how both their third album with Fish, their third album with H, both concept albums, and both of the albums that go before are kind of them finding their way Hmm. to a greater or lesser extent. And then it becomes fully formed on that third album. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not trying to preempt your reaction to it, but I think you'll listen to it and you'll recognise Marillion very much oh. so in it. Modern Marillion, yeah. you mean? 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious, but I have to say I'm curious and a little bit nervous. Yeah. Knowing that it's such a serious, seems a bit dark. Oh, it's dark. Concept album. It's not an immediate album. Am I going to be able to handle it? I hope so. It is absolutely and literally the opposite of Holidays in Eden. And then, yeah, coming off the back of Holidays in Eden. An immediate album. No one can take you away from me now. To to like a grim concept album. Okay, this is going to be an interesting ride. We're recording this pre-Christmas, but um, it's not going to go out, I think, until after Christmas. So I've so got a good chunk of time while. to listen yeah. to it. You've got, this is your job I'll over Christmas. It, won't I? And I don't think Meridian have ever done a more Christmassy album than Brave. So that's good for you. It's <laughs> certainly the most festive album they've ever made. So one last thing to say about the This Town trilogy is, of course, The Rake's Progress. Yes. Yes. You only know it as the song, don't you? Had you ever heard the phrase The Rake's Progress before? No, I hadn't. Ah. It's a series of... I, I studied it in art history when I was at college, and it's a series of paintings by... Is it paint? They're not paintings. They're... they're do you know what? Oh, ow, sorry, oh I've got God. a bad back, everyone. <laughs> You have promised me that you're okay and you don't need Yeah, I'm fine. Any... Yeah, I put my back out. Of course, I put my back out today because we're meant to be going to the dump. So, yeah, it's a series of paintings by the 18th century artist William Hogarth. So it's a little joke mm. by H because, of course, his name is... Well, his fake name is Hogarth, not Hogarth. Uh, and the, 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 the paintings depict the life of a rake... <laughs> Yes. I do you know I what a rake you... is? Yeah. Okay. Duh. All right. Um <laughs> Hope you all do at home. Sandy's about to explain it for you now. No, I'm not explaining the rake. I'm I'm saying I thought I remember listening to um the Corona Diaries and H explaining that even though his name was spelt with a double G, so you think it would be Hogarth, it's still pronounced Hogarth. Yeah, I think that is the case. Yeah. I think he did say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For for more straight from the horse's mouth insight, go and listen to the Corona Diaries. <laughs> we, we don't know what we're doing, frankly. No. Nope. Yeah. yeah, you won't get Steve Hogarth referring to Holiday in Eden as the steamer on oh, there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I was discussing this with third member of the podcast, Fraser Marshall, via Facebook Messenger earlier today. And I was sort of saying to him that that initially I, I, I did feel a bit bad about laying into any of the songs that much. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, the band, there is obviously, you know, I doubt they will, but there's obviously the potential for the band to hear us slagging off something they've written and worked on. Yeah. Or Lucy, or Lucy their manager. Yeah. Um, but by the same token... Um, you know, when we're doing it, 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 it obviously I'm exaggerating to a degree. You know, I don't like holidays in Eden, but to sort of say, you know, I hate it to the degree that I did is obviously exaggerate for comic effect. That said, part of the reason why I was trying to work it out, I was in the shower the other day and I was trying to think, why, why do I so dislike that song? 
why do I so dislike certain Meridian songs? There's, there's certain songs that I just kind of go, oh, that's all right. But there's certain Meridian songs that I really don't like, like as in I kind of have an almost physical reaction to them. And yeah. I think it, it's because it's like misophonia. Oh, right. right? It's like misophonia. Which you do have. Yeah, here's the thing, because I don't know if you know misophonia. When people uh, who have it, who... who uh, I don't know, they get sort of worked up or tense or whatever by people chewing. Irrationally, Irrationally irritated. So. Irrationally. I hate it. And I it's a brain wiring yeah, thing. I hate it's that not I a, have it. Yeah, it's not a, pro, it's not a yeah. preference or a, a, a quirk. It's actually a, like yeah. your brain is wired in a different way. But here's the interesting thing. It affects those people more if the person doing it, doing the chewing or the crunching, is someone they're close to. Mm. So... Marillion, who I love, as we have established, make a song like Drilling Holes or A Legacy or Holidays in Eden or Most Toys or Deserve. It's the equivalent of, I don't know, Steve Hogarth, Mark Kelly, Ian, Pete, Rothers coming up and eating a bag of pork scratchings in my ear. <laughs> I think oh, and if anyone else had recorded those songs, I'd just go, this whatever. I don't, you know. But because I, I love what i love so much yeah that when they do something like that i don't know it, it i would love to know if anyone else feels the same way as you like whether anyone else has that kind of extra extra over the strong, top <laughs> yeah, yeah reaction the top. if they do a song that you don't like yeah it's weird um, it's weird because I know it's sort of over the top and it's like, why should it be over the top when I kind of go, I'm a million fan. At the same time... Oh, that's interesting because I like, I don't feel like, I don't feel over the top dislike for any of the songs. No, no. Well, I mean, I, talking... I might have had a strong reaction to Emerald Lies. But... Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did, yeah. Steamer part one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other thing as well with this podcast is I think it's important that that we are honest about the songs that we don't like. And we completely accept that, you know, there, there are going to be songs that we like or dislike that are different from the ones that you yeah. like or dislike. It's absolutely personal opinion. It's yeah. not, we're not saying we're right and whoever has the different a different opinion to us is wrong. It's mm. just a preference. And on top of that, Sanya and I have different preferences. In, yeah, at, exactly. At, at times. But the, I think it's important because I think, you know, I know there are some people who are listening to this who aren't, Marillion fans and I think it can be quite off-putting sometimes to kind of have oh yeah I've had friends who are like you need to listen to this band you need to listen to them you need to listen they're amazing they're amazing they're amazing and it almost has the opposite effect when I've had that in the past it's like you know I, I okay back off you know I'll, you know I'm sure you like them but I think it's important to kind of go we're not brainwashed we can kind of see, you know, we can see that there's good and bad and we can kind of go, we, um, I've been thrown because Sanya raised her finger to me. Not like that, but because. No, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't like what you've just made it sound like you, it was. You looked like you wanted to say something. Yeah, not, I did. Not, you weren't flipping the bird. <laughs> no, I didn't do that to you. Um <gasps> How rude. Anyway, carry on. Um, no, yeah, I wanted to say, because also, okay, so from someone in the, with the other perspective, for someone in, on the other side of the 
shoe? What do you say? The other side of the shoe? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, from from someone on the other side of the shoe. Um, Because I am pretty new to the band. I haven't heard all the songs and everything else. I don't have the history like you do. Which is the whole point of this well, podcast. Well, we have been together 10 years now, so it's kind of getting there. Well, yeah, but you've had decades of yeah, history okay. with them. Um, it takes a lot of pressure off if someone says to you, I love this band, listen to them. Mm. I don't love everything they do. Yeah. But I love, there's a lot that I do love and that there's like, you know, a bit that I don't love. That takes pressure off the person who doesn't know the band and is new to the band. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't feel... Oh, if I don't like a song, that I'm going to offend them really badly. Yeah. Because if someone is able to say, "I like this and I don't like that," that gives you permission mm. to be able to be honest as well. Yeah, and but for me as well, there's also uh, part of the reason I think it's important to be honest is because when we get to the songs that we really love, for instance, on Holidays in Eden, waiting to happen. Yeah. But there's certainly, there's going to be albums as well, like Misplaced Childhood. And there's yeah. more albums going forwards where I kind of go, they're pretty perfect. I think they, that has more impact. Mm, it doesn't. If you've been honest along the way and you yeah. can kind of go, not every song, not every album, frankly, is a, is a, is a winner, is 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, so when we do get to those 10 out of 10 moments, I think I hope that you can trust that we're being sincere yeah. and we're not being kind of Marillion Moonies where we kind of, go they can do no wrong yeah because i mean i was a bit worried about that when we started the podcast especially because like the first songs and album that we listened to i didn't really have anything bad to say that i can remember maybe i did i'll have to listen back but and then i remember thinking like oh are people think gonna think that i'm being fake because i'm only saying good stuff about them whereas it's important for me to be honest and and sincere um, but it, I did actually like all the songs. So, yeah. you know, Apart that was... Chelsea Monday and Forgotten Sons. Okay. <laughs> and He Knows You Know. I don't dislike He Knows You Know. We didn't love it. Is it yeah, it's fine. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. And it's okay as well. And another thing it, I find interesting, because you can start off disliking something and then with time it grows on you. So, you know, I like... For example, if I'd like to be able to say, oh, I don't like that now, and then listen back to the podcast after a year and go, actually, um, Chelsea Monday's my favourite song now, mm. or something like that. Yeah, well, you are you may be having that experience with Brave, which we're going to be talking about next may, week. May or may not. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, should we do some, some letters? Yeah, let's, let's listen to what you oh, guys have to say. Yeah. So this first letter is from the excellently named David Beerman. Good Beerman. name. Yeah. Beerman likes Marillion. Oh <laughs> Should I get them on here? Should I read one as well? Yeah. Well, I'll read David's out. Okay. So um, um, I'll skip it because um, you guys like to write a lot. All of look, you. Look who's talking. It's a podcast. Why are you saying that to me? You love to write a lot. You're rude. You're a rude lady. It's my middle name. You're a really rude woman. <laughs> Nasty woman. God, you're taking it too far I was now. I'm thumping it up. So, um, David had just finished listening to part one of our Holidays in Eden ep last night, whenever that was. 
to put his comments in context, he says, I'm one of those who started listening to Meridian with script and I've always favoured the Fisher albums. In fact, there aren't any Fisher songs that I dislike, even Emerald Lies. As far as Hogarth goes, my favourites are Season's End, Brave, although it took a while, he says. Ah, Afraid of Sunlight oh, Marbles and This Strange Engine. Not too keen on any of the newer stuff, although to be fair, I haven't given those albums too much of a listen either. Which brings me to Holidays in Eden. Like many Meridian fans at the time, I was less than impressed upon its release after having really enjoyed Season's End. I guess I didn't care for the blatant attempts to become a pop-like band. That said, I listened to the album for the first time in years the other night and do find a couple of songs to be fairly good. I quite enjoyed Splintering Heart on 100 Nights and find Dry Land, The Party in This Town, okay. However, much like Paul, I feel the title track could have been tossed into the garbage can during recording. Yes, David. And I feel Cover My Eyes should not have been far behind. He also says, on another note, keep up the great reviews. I am quite enjoying them and especially enjoying the banter between you two. Oh, thank you. From the nasty lady, apparently. (laughs) Just in case anyone thinks I'm offended, I'm not. It's okay. Just in case anyone accuses me of being misogynistic it was tongue in cheek (laughs) (laughs) we know each other sufficiently well that we can yeah kind of uh we can take the piss out of one another and we know it doesn't matter yeah most most of the the time time. we said that simultaneously (laughs) so that was david um so this one is from jim uh, Jim says, I'm loving your podcast. It's rekindled a very unhealthy obsession with Marillion that my wife is truly baffled with. Oh, that's nice. He says, I'm sure Sanya can relate. Yes. Um, he says, bit of background. He's a long-standing fan, first getting into the band in 1984 for, via his older brother's copy of script. First saw them in 85, a fantastic Christmas show in Brighton, one of the standouts of his teenage years. I'm one of those fans you talked about on today's episode. I stuck around for season's end as I wanted to see what they would do without fish, but I wasn't too impressed. I first saw the London show with H at the Astoria, but I really couldn't get on board with him singing Garden Party and then didn't listen to another Meridian album from then on. That is until we came along. Wow. Wow. Uh, I decided to listen along with you folks. I dig the podcast so much, even though I'd only listened up to the fish era stuff. But no, each week I'm living with the album you'll be discussing in the next podcast so I can at least be familiar with the songs you were talking about. But it also gives a new lease of life on a band I love so much as a young pup. See, that's that's Aww, lovely. That's like why that. we're doing it, yeah. really, is because, you know, I, I want people to discover the band. Hmm. Um, and that, again, comes back to sort of the what we were saying about not being kind of just blanket, everything's amazing because no one's going to have that experience realistically. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when there's that much content. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking? 17, 18 albums. Yeah. In, on a, um, what's the word? (laughs) Is it shoe? Is the word shoe? Is it shoe? Shoe, oh, forget it? it, I can't think of it. Anyway, shall I carry on with, um, yeah. with Jim's letter? Yeah. So his first impressions of Holidays, he said, I could honestly not get away from the thought that only eight years before this, they put out script. Very true. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. It sounded a million miles from that, and I felt happy that I didn't hear it back then because I would have been so disappointed. But hearing it now, I didn't hate it. Ah, see, that's interesting. Yeah. He says, maybe maturity. Maybe I can now appreciate a well-produced album. It sounded upbeat, and I found myself happy to hear it again after all these years. He said he was thankful that he didn't hear it when it came out. 
I was playing in a punk band in 91 and this would have destroyed all my love I had for the band. It's glossy pop and cheesy lyrics. But with a distance of 30 years, Cover My Eyes sounds superb. The party, I found the lyrics patronising, but I love the music. I'm still yeah. getting used to Hogarth as the new boy, but listening to you discuss his lyrics and explaining some of his motivations, I'm slowly getting on board. However, he agrees with me. The song Holidays in Eden is a travesty. <laughs> wow. Oh dear, the poor song. And thank you, Jim. He says some nice stuff at the end, but I'm too shy to read it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're a shy man. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, Holidays in Eden. A travesty. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot nicer than calling it the steamer, though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. You want to read one out? Yeah. All right, let's see. Okay, so the next email is from Pete Witcher. And Pete says, Hi guys, Holidays in Eden was the first Meridian album I didn't buy and I lost interest until seeing them live again in Pool Arts Centre during the Strange Engine tour. I remember the night very well. The gig blew me away. I fell in love again and so completed the back catalogue. Holidays seems less proggy, which was fine for me. I still consider Splintering Heart as my favourite track and the greatest opener the boys have at any gig. Cover my eyes, waiting to happen, and this town, strong highlights for me too. Reading the album notes, it seems the boys were fueled by tequila and magic mushrooms for much of the time, but looking forward to the deluxe edition due early of 20, in 2022. Incidentally, I also remember the pool gig because whilst running across the dual carriageway from the train station, I tripped and sprawled flat on my face, scratching my beloved leather jacket that I thought I looked cool in. Photos of the time now suggest that this was probably not the case. Loving our time together every week. Keep up, keep up the good work. Love and hugs. Pete. Oh, thank you, Pete. Can I just Thank say, you, Pete. I reckon your leather jacket probably looked better scratched and scuffed. Yeah, they're, they're meant to be a bit weathered and worn. Yeah, and You don't want a shiny leather jacket. You don't want a perfect new leather jacket. No. It's got to be scrunched up and, you know, mm. look like it's been run over by a truck and scratched by a few cats, mm. and etc. There's, there's nothing more rock than cats scratching <laughs> you. <laughs> and trucks running you over. Yeah, nothing says rock and roll like that. So the next couple of emails are from Charlie that I shall whiz through. He says, have just finished your holidays in Eden part one podcast on his dog walk, which he invites you with me. I don't know why I'm reading this bit out. (laughs) 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 It doesn't matter. Anyway. What? I'm so confused Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway he says his first listen was his first year in university in 91 he remembers having some seriously mixed reactions to it so similar to ours he said he laughed out loud when we were discussing the dreadful artwork ha he says it's his least favorite cover by a mile and i completely he completely agreed with our assessment of the song holidays in eden absolutely appalling and he always skips that if any Marillion or associated organisation members are listening, please never play it again live unless you introduce it as the steamer. Just saying. Um, yeah, and he also thought it sounded like some god-awful Sting song. I think it's the bass. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I always thought it sounded, as I say. I like Sting, though, but I can, yeah, it so sounds like a Sting song. He does that sometimes, Pete. It's the um, that sort of slightly white reggae. Um, thing 
with the bass. Oh. Because, yeah, because if you think... Is that too, a sting thing, is it? Well, the police were basically a reggae band. But white, very oh, white reggae. I never thought of them that way. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of reggae rhythm that they did. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, but it, yeah, it always reminded me of the police mixed with... Um, mixed with Yes, early 80s Yes. But also I Will Walk on Water is another one that sounded like the police to me. Mixed with Yes. Uh, so anyway, absolute howler, he says. However, I always loved Splintering Heart and quite like the party. I wait with trepidation your assessment of dry land, whilst you'll know it by now, because that for me is just as weak. He can't bear it. I have the How We Live album and have compared it to the original. One of those Rothers guitar is as sublime as ever. It can't disguise what a thin, weak offering it is in your face, Sanya. No comment. The album picks up at the end with Rake's Progress. Looking forward to you clarifying what that's about. I know it's a painting by William Hogarth, but I'm still confused by the grammar. And Hundred Nights is amazing. That guitar. Now, that's interesting because I I never noticed the lack of apostrophe there. Yeah. Yeah, you said that the other so, day. Um, I said that, yeah, but I didn't say it on the podcast. Oh, true. You said it, you said it to me off the Unfortunately, we don't broadcast day. our life 24-7. <laughs> They wouldn't have known that. Uh, yeah, well, the original painting did have the apostrophe, so I just wonder if that's a... Typo? Yeah, a, a typo or a, yeah, just bad grammar on H's part. So he also says, I remember reading, maybe in the sleeve notes, H's comment about... If the party is an example of Marillion going commercial, he'd eat his Stratocaster or something similar. Other than Happiness is the Road, it's my least favourite Marillion album, except for the first and last tracks. Hmm. Um, on a completely different subject, he says, I got the chance to meet Fish after his Islington Assembly Hall clutching at Straws gig a couple of years ago. Slightly bizarre and massively intimidating, discussing gardening with a topless fish while Jonathan Ross was on in his dressing room. Wow! It was in, uh, it was interesting to hear his thoughts on just for the record. I told him how I'd always loved that, and he said he was struck now he's playing it live. How much like early Genesis it is? Hmm. Um, interesting. He says I've got a bootleg of early Marillion doing a cover of Counting Out Time, and I know what I like. Ending with Fish giving someone in the band Brothers a hard time for skipping a verse. Scary even back then. Yes, that's quite a famous bootleg. Oh um, really? Yeah, yeah. Of. Uh, there is no point doing this. What, a terrible what, what does that mean? And well, it's just a snippet of him. There's no point doing this before, unless we're gonna or something like that. He goes off on one, uh, the band. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, so I was getting confused because you were doing that with your hands, putting your hands up by your head. So I'd, <laughs> when you said no point doing this, I yeah. thought you meant I was doing big fish, doing fish this, cardboard box. doing this shape. <laughs> oh, it was ranting. It was oh, ranty hands. Ranting. So thank you, Charlie. He says, take care, stay safe, and looking forward to hearing more next week. I thought he'd written... Um... He had a couple of questions for you as well. Did he? It should be in there, the end of that uh... email. Yeah, oh, he asked, one final thing. Are you going to be discussing Positive Light, Less Is More, and with friends from the orchestra? I know the catalogue is already pretty massive, but we'd love to know your thoughts on these changes of direction. Uh, yes, I will be. Um, we will be talking about those, because we'll do... That we've, you know, we love doing this. We know there's only a finite number of albums, so we'll keep going as long as possible. And I think we want to be as exhaustive 
as as we can with Marillion's catalogs. Things like Positive Light and Remix and Matosis and uh, um, other kind of... I wouldn't call them changes in direction. They're more... I, I would say they're sort of more side projects of band side projects as opposed to solo side projects which we'll also be covering hmm. which we might even be covering soon because Pete has a new Transatlantic album coming out so that might be as good a time as any to perhaps do a couple of special episodes on some of the solo projects okay and side Sounds projects good to me um yeah I think that's 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 it isn't it next we have a letter from Andrew Malcolmson, and he says, Greetings, Paul and Sanya. Andrew here from carlosnightman.wordpress.com. I always thought his name was Carlos. <laughs> Are you disappointed that he's called Andrew and not Carlos? I was just so I feel dumb because I'm like, I just assumed his name was Carlos. In case you don't know. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool surname. Uh, Andrew is going through the albums with us and he's... I think of Marillion newbie, so he's yeah. he's giving his thoughts as he goes via his his blog. It's well worth a read, and I quite like. The, yeah, it's really interesting. It, it feels like extra content. Yeah, and he's got like good musical knowledge and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like it it rounds us our opinions out quite yeah. well. Yeah, because we haven't got any musical knowledge. I've got zero. And, and yeah, <laughs> no, and, I I have some. No, you have. I said I've got zero. <laughs> yeah, I said I've got zero. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> I know you've got loads. It's okay. So, but I think Andrew also has like technical good. knowledge yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I have none stuff. of that. Um, well, you've got a bit now that you're learning. Yes. Do you want to read anyway, his email? Anyway, continuing on. Um, so Andrew says, I've been enjoying the podcast so far. And of course, I've had a lot of fun listening along to the albums as a complete newbie. While this wasn't your goal in setting up the podcast, my key takeaway from the whole experience has been that I want to check out some of the other prog bands of the 70s and 80s that I haven't heard before. As for questions, hang on, I need to get breath. As for questions, while I assume the podcast is just a one-off series for Marillion and to plug any gaps in work, which COVID COVID has, <laughs> <laughs> has caused. Are there any other bands or artists that you would like to cover next? I put this to you both. Maybe it's Sanya's turn to choose a band she grew up with and Paul can act as the newbie. Um, and also another question, what is your most expensive or most prized piece of Meridian merchandise? Maybe a collector's edition album or a mothballed tour shirt. Cheers. Well, would you like to choose a band that you know? The thing is, like, I always, <laughs> I would always listen to, well, I always listen to my dad's music because I couldn't afford to buy my own for a long time as a teenager. And then I just, like, listened to, I wouldn't go, like, full on into one artist. It was always kind of a bit from... Yeah, you're varied, not you're not like a fan of any one choice. band. I mean, the irony yeah. is you probably are more of a Marillion fan now than any <laughs> other. I've listened band. to Marillion more than anyone else. Yeah, um, that's the irony. But I mean, I'm sure I was trying to think. There are bands out there that, like, I'm curious about now. Mm. That have a huge, like Pink Floyd, for example, have a huge history. 
fewer albums than Meridian, though. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm trying to think, because the thing is, it's got to be someone that can keep your interest for that long. This is And my, that is this, really yeah. rare. This is the trouble. I don't know any other bands as well mm. as I do Meridian. I like, yeah, there's lots of other bands I like. I yeah, mean, there's loads that I, I love like, Pink but Floyd. I'm thinking, could I I like could Genesis. I do, yeah. I, like, I like Stephen Wilson, Porcupine Tree. Oh, I love Stephen. Actually, I love Stephen um, Wilson. I mean, I love Talk Talk, but, you know, they, what do they do? Five albums, something like that. <laughs> so we would struggle to keep a Talk Talk podcast going. Mm. Um, yeah, I like a lot of what U2's done, certainly their earlier stuff, less so in recent oh, years. Oh, yeah, but, actually. I but do again, like the the... What makes this unique for me is with Meridian, there's a real story, but on top of that, there's there's enough albums that it, and size stuff that it feels that there's enough to keep us going for a good long time. And then on top of that, you know, they're an ongoing concern. They haven't split up. You know, they, they're still releasing albums and making music. And then on top of that, I kind of know quite a lot about them already that I, you know, without having to do my research. Mm. And also they've got such a variation in their sound. Mm. So it's not that one album, the albums are that similar from one to the next. And that I think makes it our job easier. Floyd were like that as well they were very different from one album to the next. I mean, you mm. compare something like Dark Side in the Moon to The Wall. Yeah. Totally different, really. Um, and then you compare that to Piper at the Gates of Dawn, the Sid, you know, the Sid Barrett era. Again, they, they changed hugely. Mm. Yeah, I can't think of, like, they must be. But I can't think of anyone that has that much work out. That the thing much, is, we'd have to. The way out. this works is that you're, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of long term fan. You're, you're relatively new to it, but you don't, yeah, you, know, you know, you know the band, but you don't know the history. Because yeah. I kind of know the history. Yeah, and I kind of know the the broad strokes of what happened with Pink Floyd, mm. but I don't have the level of it that I do with Meridian. So it. The only other thing that I'm... So we'd both be newbies, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, the only thing I could do it with is, you know, Star Wars or Doctor Who or something like that. Yeah, but, true. But when it comes to those, you know, there's already millions of other podcasts out there. So so I don't know. I would like to carry on doing a podcast, but, you know, we're a long way from the end of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. we've got ages to go. A long way, um, you know. So stick with us. <laughs> yeah, stick with us. So, oh, you also asked most prized piece of Marillion merchandise. I don't have a lot of Marillion merchandise. Uh, however, uh, I do have one item. It's prized, but it's in the shed, so it's probably kind of all mouldy. Oh, God, Paul. Don't do that. <laughs> it's fine, it's a CD. Uh, I won at one of the earliest Marillion fan club gigs back before they did like four weekends. I won Who Wants to Be a Marillionaire and my prize, it was a, some merch, but I also got a, uh, signed by the band, a CD of them playing Let It Be by the Beatles. Oh, wow. And there's only one <gasps> copy of it that exists in the world. That's so cool. <laughs> it's in the shed. Yeah, I know. Well, okay, oh, but Okay, it's not- you prize the idea of it and... 
Not yeah. so much the physical object. Yeah, I'm not one for physical objects. <laughs> not really that great with the physical object. Yeah, but the point point is anyway. It's like you know you can't even put it on display. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just remembering. What are you when laughing I met at? You and you had um, script for a jester's tear. The picture on your wall, like it just ended up hanging on the wall with a big rip in it. But you just left it. Is it? How did I get a rip in it? I don't know. How does anything happen? Yeah. Anyway. The, this it wasn't si- me that ripped it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And then you chucked it on the extension roof. No, I didn't. Um, the the CD came. It didn't have a cover or anything. It's just it's just a blank CD. Or it looks like a blank CD, which the band have signed. And also, I'm not sure. Oh, I think- okay. Yeah, so you couldn't put it up anywhere or anything. No. Anyway. You could have ripped it to your computer and had it... Um- had a digital version of it. Yeah. T-shirt wise, uh, I did have a, well, there's a photo of me in a radiation T-shirt. That's a story in itself. It's a photo of me in a radiation T-shirt, but we'll talk about that when we get to the album. Okay. Tanya knows the yes. story. Yeah. It's a cool story. It's, it's a, a cool very story. cool story. I like your, um, I don't know if this is a prize possession, but your um, misplaced childhood T-shirt that you got, yeah. The year before last. Mm-hmm. That's a nice T-shirt. And you seem to love it. And yeah. also, we did get to wear Fisher's Misplaced Childhood jacket. Yes, we that, talked about that. That was cool. We it's not a possession of ours, but that is that was a pretty cool... I would have bought that off Mark if he hadn't yeah. um, offered it to someone else first. Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I would really like... So I would really like is um, uh, Saliva Tears to a poster and original. Mm. One of an original Friars Aylesbury with Meridian on their poster. I'd love one of those and frame it. Maybe, but yeah, I'm not big on. I'm day. not big on owning tap physical and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm all about the memories. True. <laughs> so uh, let's keep going. Next email from Paul G. It's your buddy G. <laughs> Okay. Your buddy G. Yeah. yeah. Paul G. So next one from Paul G. Great podcast so far. Loving all the eps. Big Meridian fan here, but maybe slightly different to others. I've never previously owned any of the Fish albums. I only heard the singles like Katie Lavender, Sugar Mice and Incommunicado. So I was unaware of the first four albums, Deep Cuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I first heard Hooks in You as a 19-year-old, I loved it straight away and went out and bought Season's End. I loved the album so much. Aitude's great voice and decided that Meridian was a band to follow. I went to see them in my home city of Hull in 1990 and hoped they would be good. I was not disappointed. They played every track off Season's End except Holloway Girl, but I was impressed with the fish songs that H sung too, having previously not heard the likes of Slange Navarre, That Time of the Night and Heart of Lothian, as well as Market Square Heroes. They sounded to me like new songs and H performed them great with the fans singing along too. That's interesting, isn't it? That he kind of saw those as new songs and mm. not kind of massively stylistically different. Um, anyway, I have not seen them live since, but I bought all their studio albums and like all of them very much. They've experimented for sure with different styles of music from time to time, so it'll be interesting to hear how you rate their albums each week. I suspect you won't be loving the next record on Nathan Eden due to its poppy style, but it's not too bad, really, and I'm sure you would discuss some likeable tracks. Splintering Heart, This Town, and Cover My Eyes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, keep up the great podcast review of all things Meridian, and I look forward to hearing each week. Thank you, Paul. Oh, that was That's... an interesting viewpoint. Yeah, it was. That is interesting because yeah. I wonder how many 
other H era H- fans yeah. there are, as opposed to you know who, who don't really know the Fish era. Yeah. Well, our friend Nick's a bit like that. He prefers. True. That is true. He got into them through in the H era, and he he doesn't love the Fish era as much. Mm. Yeah. So this next one's from Matthias from Sweden. Sorry if I've uh, mispronounced your name, uh, Matthias. Do you think that's right? I think that, I don't know. I'm yeah. not Swedish, but it sounds right. Apologies to all of our Swedish listeners. He says, um, first of all, thank you for the wonderful, funny and interesting podcast. I'm glad our humour translates. Have you have been following you from the start and have really enjoyed revisiting the albums with you. Above all that, you've given me even more knowledge about the band and songs. Consider myself knowing a lot. He wanted to share his Marillion story with us. Um, he says, uh, I'm from Sweden, grew up with an older brother listening mainly to metal, so I was a bit forced into that. In 1988, 16 years old, I changed school and started a new programme to become a musician. He's now a professional trumpet player in an orchestra. Oh, wow, that's cool. And so he really loves the Friends from the Orchestra project. I met a lot of new friends, and as you do, you start discussing different bands and music in general. One day, one of the guys asked if I'd heard about Marillion. I said, no, you should check them out. They're really special, he said. On the way to the bus that same day, I popped into the record store. I had just got my first CD player, so I looked at the CDs first. They only had one, clutching at straws. I bought it and went straight home, put the CD on, opened the lyrics and started listening. I was totally blown away. There was something about it I couldn't describe. To this day, clutching at straws, and especially the first three songs, holds a special place in my heart, being the first music, Marillion music I'd heard. And immediately started buying everything they had released. To this day, loving all of it, I had found my band. This was autumn 1988 and I didn't know what was going on in the band. I was totally heartbroken when I heard Fish left. Should this end before it even started for me? As the months went on, rumours about this new singer reached me. I had hope again until I saw the Hooks and You video. What had happened? H looked like a guy from a boy band. Mark had a baseball cap. Rather he had a leather vest. Oh God, that leather vest. Uh, What, actual vest? Yeah. Well, as in, you know, like a waistcoaty thing. Yeah. With nothing underneath? No, I think he had a T-shirt. Oh, okay. I don't know why if someone says okay, best to yeah, me, I imagine stop, like someone stop. has nothing underneath. Just, just wipe out those, those dirty thoughts, <laughs> wife. <laughs> stop having fantasies about rothers with nothing on except a leather vest. <laughs> <laughs> someone says leather vest in my head, it's with nothing underneath. Uh, anyway, as Matthias says, he's, the keyboards were very Van Halen-ish and it sounded more metalish in general. I was really worried. When Season's End finally arrived, I never considered not buying it. And it was such a relief to hear the first tinkling sounds of King of Sunset Town. Agreed. The rest, as you say, is history. I'm really looking forward to the coming episodes, especially interested to hear your take on the Brave album. No pressure. Yeah, many no Meridian pressure. fans considered to be their masterpiece. Personally, I've oh never enjoyed... No, no, no. He says, I personally, I've never enjoyed it as much as most fans do. I've tried many times to give it a new chance, but still no real magic for me. Mm, okay. There you go, Sonia. Pressure off. Phew. Whew. It says, don't get me wrong, there are songs on there I really like, but there are also a few I don't like at all, particularly one. Hmm. Wonder if it's the same one I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I'm guessing which one you might not yeah. like. And he also lists his top five albums Clutching at Straws. These are in no particular order, oh, okay. as it differs from day to day. Clutching at Straws, Marbles, Season's End, Misplaced Childhood, Afraid of Sunlight. Again, thanks for an amazing podcast. I might come back to you in the future. Please do. Thank you, Matthias. That's lovely. Thank you, Matthias. So that brings us to the end of our Holidays Needham Part 2 stroke post bag ep. So before we launch into Brave, we're just going to take a look at Marillion's 10th anniversary celebrations in 1993. 
when they released a compilation album and did a special gig that I have something to say about. He says twitching. Uh-oh. Twitching. We know what that twitch means. Twitch, twitch. You've got something to say about the gig? Yeah. The actual gig? Mm-hmm. Oh, now I want to know. Well, you have to wait till we record the next one. Until <sighs> you finish listening to Brave. Don't suck your teeth at me. <laughs> right, everyone. Um, well, thank you for sticking with us through yes, Holidays in Eden. Thank you very much. I know it's not an album that is unanimously loved. And it was a bit of a mixed bag for us, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But we got there. Uh, and certainly for the next couple of albums, at least from my point of view, I think we're in a pretty good place. You're going to be nicer. Yeah, there's, well... Oh, yeah. well... There's still that one track on Brave. Yeah, which I don't... I think I can guess. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that next week. Okay. All right. Um, stay safe. Drop us an email. Oh, drop us an email about Brave. Brave. Yeah, yeah. we'll feature those on a post-Brave uh, podcast. Right. <laughs> so- <laughs> What? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. The wrong words came out. We'll feature your emails about Brave on a post-Brave episode of the podcast. A post-bag podcast. Brave. Ep. Post. Post-bag. Ep. Podcast. I don't know what is Brave. going on right now. Send us an email about Brave. Beampod at gmail.com. Go find us on iTunes, go find us on Facebook, go find us on Twitter. Tell people about us. That's how we grow. Tell people you love us. Share our podcast. Share the love. Invite people in. And bye-bye. See you next... Hear you next week. Speak to you next Speak week. Speak to you next week. <laughs> you won't hear them. See you on the other side of the shoe. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs>